It's been a few days since the Phoenix Suns have played basketball. It's been kind of a weird week, right? A couple days off, boom, they play Sacramento. Go down 22 points, win the game. Then it's a couple more days off, and they head on the road to play the New Orleans Pelicans for the first time since 2022. Yeah, it's January 2024. We did not play this team the entire year of 2023, the entire calendar year. December 17th was the last time the Phoenix Suns played the New Orleans Pelicans. And back then, Devin Booker scored 58 points. So this is our first shot at them, our first opportunity to see who and what they are. They're a team that didn't make a bunch of adjustments this past offseason because they liked the roster that they had in place. They were a pretty good team last year until Zion got hurt and then a multitude of injuries followed. So everyone's back. Everyone's healthy this year. And the Suns still beat them. And Devin Booker still put up over 50 points. So we got plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Matthew has the night off, so I've got the the next best thing for you. If it has to do with the Phoenix Suns, he's going to make a video about it. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Suns Geek. <laughs> John, what is up, my brother? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's good to do. Like, I feel like on the nights where I can't make the show, Matthew has you. And then, like, on the nights where he doesn't make the show, I'll have, like, someone from Australia. I'm like, you know what? F that. <laughs> no offense to our Aussie buddies out there, but I need to ha- I need to do a show with Brandon. I need to do a show with the Suns Geek. So thank you ever so much for joining the show and stepping in for Matthew, who just had his birthday yesterday. So he's probably still out on the on the town something. You know, that he turned 22. <laughs> happy, belated, happy belated birthday to Matthew. And, yeah, man, it's always great doing these shows with you and Matthew. Love being here. And thank you for allowing me to, you know, co-host and co-collaborate on both channels so if you guys are watching make sure to hulk smash that like button you guys already know the drill well and i'll tell you this yeah you caught a good one didn't you you (laughs) caught a good one you the suns beating the new orleans pelicans devin booker going for 52 points we got plenty to talk about on this edition of the suns jam session podcast so listeners watchers wherever you're consuming this content Best way to support our channels, whether you're on the Suns Geek YouTube channel or if you're on the Suns Jam Session YouTube channel or Facebook page or if you're on his Instagram or my Instagram, just just hit thumbs up. Just just watch. Just enjoy. That's all we ask. Show up and enjoy. That's the best way to support the channel. You want to throw something in the super chat? We're a fan of that. It helps us buy birthday presents for Matthew and such. But you just being here, whether you're watching or listening, best way to support us. Preach. So let's pop open a beer. You're going to pop open a beer with me? I actually don't have one again, man. I feel like one of the last times I was on the show, I didn't have one, but ooh, that looks so good right now. Nice, frosty, <laughs> coarse light. Hey, it's just like normal. Normally, Matthew doesn't have something. <laughs> so I'm going to pop them, Suns fans, and we're going to talk about this victory over the New Orleans Pelicans, a game in which Devin Booker scored 52 big, easy points in the big, easy. Ooh, pun. Big win for the Phoenix Suns tonight as they go up and go down to the Big Easy 123 to 109 over the New Orleans Pelicans. And I always do the you know the first thing that I do is the Matthew I gotta ask uh, segment. So I'll I'll do that. Oi, Matty, Suns mate, geek. I've got to ask. Suns Geek, I got to ask, entering this game against the Pelicans, we know that this is a team that is ahead of the Phoenix Suns in the standings, right? They're two games ahead of us. The the Pelicans are five games out of first place in the Western Conference. The Suns are seven games out of first place in the Western Conference. So this is a big swing game. You win this game, boom, you're just a game behind them. You lose this game, boom, you're three games behind them. Entering tonight, before we talk about the game overall, what was your expectation knowing that this is the first time that we've seen the New Orleans Pelicans in over a, a calendar year? Yeah, I mean, I guess to try to answer that great question that you just threw at me there, um, just really following up, following it up from last game, that's how I look at it. Like, just be better than your last game, if you will. Because, again, yeah, obviously it's been an entire 365 days, if not longer. And if I'm correct, wasn't that John Bloom that had that stat? Because I did yes. read it on bright side of the sun today, but I think it was John Bloom who had that incredible stat and fact right there. But 
just be better than your last game. And obviously the first three quarters of the last game against the Kings were pretty damn terrible, but that fourth quarter, especially the last eight minutes were incredible. So don't really know if that answers your question necessarily, but just be better than your last game because this is a completely different Pelicans team. For the most part, they were healthy. They were definitely healthy tonight, Mm -hmm. although they didn't really play like it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they are a good team for a reason. They've been playing better as of late, and tonight we just got the better of them. I know that entering this game, I had a little bit of worry because this is the type of team that typically gives the Suns fits. Right. You look at the Lakers outside of the last game against we played against them. You look at the Clippers. Those are two teams that are wing heavy that have long defenders who are athletic. And that's kind of the archetype that the New Orleans Pelicans operate under. You, you have Zion. You got Herb Jones. You got Trey Murphy coming off the bench. You got Brandon Ingram. You got a ton of guys who are just long. And then you have Jonas Valanciunas on the interior to make uh, rebounding and second chance points opportunities and negating your team from getting those defensive rebounds. I thought it was going to be a tough matchup, but it came down to right off the bat, we got a Devin Booker game in the first quarter. Big Dick Booker. And this is a narrative that we've been talking about as of late. Devin Booker scored 16 points in the first quarter about three or four games ago. And we're like, oh, yeah, remember this? Remember when Devin Booker used to be the tone setter on offense? Gee, golly, gosh, if we did this a little more often, maybe the Suns would be front runners for the game and we wouldn't have to play from behind. And lo and behold, comes out against the New Orleans Pelicans in that first quarter, scores 25 total points. 25. He goes 9 of 11 from the field, 3 of 3 from beyond the arc, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, and adds 3 assists in there as well. So, I mean, if those are just two-pointers, right, that's 6 points on top of 25. The Suns score 41 in the first, and Devin Booker is directly responsible for 31 of them. The Pelicans scored 28 points, Suns Geek. So, Booker comes out uh, as absolute dynamite, and like, uh, Anthony Rawlings says in the chat, he goes, Suns Geek, Devin freaking Booker. Do I need to say more? Yeah, we were talking backstage. It's like the only important stat about tonight was Devin Booker's 52 points. I literally wrote down a whole bunch of notes, and they were all about Devin Booker here, and they're literally all over the place. It was Booker's. Let, let, let me do this before you start <laughs> yeah. reading all that. Okay, Nor- Normally, Suns Geek <laughs> does reaction videos on his yep. channel. Here's your reaction video right now. Snip yeah. this later. Suns Geek. Reaction, Devin Booker scores 52 points. What do you got? If this man is not an NBA All-Star, it is a travesty. The coaches know, the media should know that Devin freaking Booker is an All-Star. If that first quarter alone didn't prove it, he had 25 of the Suns' first 41 points. Are you kidding me? And like I said, I wrote down a whole bunch of stats. It was his ninth, 30th half like throughout his career, I believe wow. he was 11 for 18 in the first half. He had 32 points. Uh, it was his 21st, like 20 point quarter or something. There's like these notes are all over the place because book book was, you know, setting records tonight. It was just incredible, man. And I don't know what the Pelicans did or said to him, especially what like uh, in 20 back in 2022 of December because he had 58 and then obviously 52 tonight. But keep saying it to him. Keep booing him. Keep doing whatever you need to do every time he's in New Orleans or playing against the Pelicans because, damn, he loves the score on them. Yeah, there's something about playing against the Pelicans that Devin Booker just gets up for. Like I said, Mm -hmm. 58 points last time uh, he played against them. And then if you go all the way back, all the way back to that playoff series against the Pelicans, right? Now, granted, he missed three of those games. Game one, he had 25 points. Game two, he had 31 points, right? But he only played 24 minutes in that and, and scored 31 points. That's the game where he got injured. Missed the next three, scored 13 in the last one against them. But there's something about playing New Orleans that Devin Booker just gets up for. And certain players have that against certain teams. We know that. And I'm looking up real quick his his all-time against New Orleans. Let's see, he averages 23.8 points. Uh, it's not the most. I think Chicago's the most, 27.9. But it's a team that he definitely gets up for. And to your point, there's some frustration out there if you take into account the fan vote in the NBA's uh, all-star voting, right? Like, we all know it's a farce. We all know that anything that you do uh, relative to fan voting is purely a popularity contest. 
And Devin Booker is a point that I was making last, uh, either the last podcast, the one prior with Matthew, is Devin Booker's only played for the Phoenix Suns. So he's not going to have three or four organizations behind him that, and fan bases that have supported him for a period of time. And even though he's left, they still have an affinity for him, right? Like Kevin Durant. Kevin yep. Durant's third overall in all-star voting for uh, the, the front court in the Western Conference. As well, he should be. He's killing it. But Devin Booker's been doing a pretty goddamn good job this year. And I get it. It's deep with Shea Gilgis Alexander and you know Luka Doncic. If he, you know he positionless, that guy's a point guard. So there's some <laughs> quality players. So it's going to come down to the coaches. It's going to come down to the players. And nights like tonight, going for 25 points mm -hmm. in the first half. I'm sorry, first quarter, yeah, 32 first quarter. in the first half. I'm getting mixed up too because it was There's that just crazy. A lot of numbers, of exactly. Yeah, a lot just of numbers. A lot, a lot of numbers from Devin Booker tonight. And what I appreciate is the is the manner in which he did it relative to the toughness of shots, hitting three pointers. I think he ended six of eleven from beyond the arc. Which, if you don't count garbage time, that's how many three pointers the Pelicans hit the entire game. Like I, I, I walked away from the game. It was one twenty three to ninety nine. I'm like, damn, twenty point victory. Uh, 24 point victory. And Didn't then one I, of those threes get taken away. Too, yeah. One got taken away. Got a That's double so nickel. Just looks nice. If he had 55, it would have yep. been, it would have <laughs> been so nice. Uh, but they gave up, I think a 10 0 run at the very end of the quarter to allow it to be a 123 to 109. So I had to take the word drubbing out of the bright side of the sun.com game recap. They <laughs> had drubbing because they only won by like 14. Uh, but I mean, you look at his, his fall away jumper and his, his, attacking the basket hitting the threes we got to see more first quarter book don't we yes and you know what you know I'll, I'll talk about first quarter book in a second but we need to see first quarter suns yes. more often because i'm sure we're going to talk about it later points. but this you know in a way was sort of a team effort even though book was carrying us and i know we're going to talk about katie later but mm -hmm. yes first quarter book needs to happen more often and it needs to be consistent if you will and Really just all around, man, just with pace and energy and just the way Book was attacking. You know what I mean? Like, there was just something different in him tonight. And you kind of mentioned it. Like, a couple of those, like, fadeaways and everything. He had a couple of those tonight. Yeah. Him just finding his spots, sort of mismatches at times. It didn't matter if it was Dyson Daniels guarding him or Larry Nance or you name it. Like, anybody who was in front of him, Booker was going to attack. And we need to see that more often. I mean, obviously, it's not going to happen every game. That would be incredible. That would be like 2K stuff if, if it was. Uh, but it, it needs to happen more. And I'm just so happy for Devin Booker, man. I say this so many times on my channel, and I've said it so many times on your channel. I, and I mean this as a compliment. It just doesn't surprise me with Devin Booker, man. Like, we've been watching him for years. This is what Devin Booker does. And but at the same time, I say that, but I was tweeting stuff like, oh, Devin Booker is ridiculous and Devin Booker this like it does surprise me, but it doesn't surprise me. I'm not making any sense, but you know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. <clears throat> it doesn't surprise you that he has the ability and the capacity to score at the at the rate that he did tonight. We just see it a lot less because he's taken on a different role this season. Yep. He's averaging a career high in assists. I believe it was seven point eight entering yeah. tonight. Mm -hmm. So he is focused on facilitating getting Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal the ball so they can get their offense going and then trying to learn where to pick and choose his spots to be an effective scorer. And tonight against a team which he has shown an affinity for scoring in bunches against, this was his turn. This is where he's like, listen, I'm going to be the one who goes out there. I'm going to be the one who leads the way. I'm going to take 11 shots in the first quarter where Bradley Beal takes four, Kevin Durant takes five. Their combined doesn't even equal what Devin Booker took in the first because Booker knows that, hey, this is a team that I cook. You know, like when the Suns play the Blazers, the Blazers are a team perennially that Kevin Durant just owns. Yeah. So you're not surprised when Kevin Durant's like, yo, Booker, you focus on facilitation, try to get me the ball because this is a team that no matter who is opposing uh, relative to players or coaching, it's something about that jersey. I like to see it and I like to score over it. And there's certain teams where you pick and choose those. The fun thing for the Suns is we're going to start to see those teams for Bradley Beal here coming up because the yeah. Suns are getting ready to go on an Eastern Coast swing, right? Like I think they play – they got uh, – next two games are at home. They got the Pacers and they got the Bulls. These are teams mm -hmm. that, that Bradley Beal plays a lot against. And when we take that East Coast trip, like those might be some Bradley Beal games because he's like, oh, shit, we play in the Hornets. The Hornets are a team I own parentally, so it's my turn to go off. 
And that's what is is scary about this big three. With the complementary pieces around them, they're really starting to gel. Yeah. And you know, I wrote a piece uh, for those of you who like to read. Head over to brightsideofthesun.com. I wrote a piece today asking if that's what has what happened in the last six minutes of the game against the Kings. Yep. And I'll and I'll ask you the the same question that I posed uh, on Brightside. You know, the the title of the piece pretty pretty generic, pretty open ended. Uh, but I I just asked this question: Was the win over the Kings the turning point of the season for the Phoenix Suns? Suns geek. Fingers crossed. I hope so, man. Because what, what did we say earlier in the show? Like, this needs to be the Phoenix Suns that we see more consistently. This needs to be the Devin Booker that we need, need to see more consistently. And real quick, just on the Booker thing, because you pretty much summed it up, and I'm just kind of uh, cherry-picking off what you said. It's, it, it's, it's good that Devin Booker is averaging 7.8 assists and everything, but it's like it's because he has Kevin Durant and yes. Bradley Beal and – and future NBA all-star Grayson Allen, you know what I mean? Yes. But, to, but to answer your question, I really hope so. Fingers crossed that that was the turning point of the season. Hopefully this was a game, because again, the Pelicans are a really good team, despite how they look tonight. Hopefully this was just another one of those wins that turns our season around. I'm literally praying and hoping that we can just stay healthy, consistent, especially on the defensive end like we saw tonight. Hopefully this, Hopefully that and this was the game. Well, I do want to talk about the defense, but now to cherry pick a little bit mm-hmm. uh, off of what you said and kind of answer my own question, you know, yeah, fingers crossed. What we saw against the Kings, as magical as that was, and I got to tell you, Geek, you know, I was in the building with with uh, Justin from Fanning the Flames, yeah. and with Matthew, we were there. It was a bright side night. It was an amazing experience. <laughs> it was it was amazing. I mean, that comeback was unbelievable, and you felt something. And maybe it was just a twinge in my back because my sciatic nerve is hurting a little bit. I was like, ooh, there it is. I need a heating pad. But it was, it has potential to be a moment in which we say, hey, this could be the, the changing point of the season. But you have to stack wins and you have to have quality performances after that. Tonight was that. Now, part of this is the New Orleans Pelicans had a rough night from beyond the arc. We understand that. Uh, they ended up shooting 10 of 42. They were 23.8% from beyond the arc. Uh, and some of those were wide open threes, but some of them were desperation threes. And some of those were three pointers that were properly contested. And we go to the defensive conversation. You said the word defense. That's what won the game against the Kings is the Suns all of a sudden realized like, oh shit, we can play defense. I don't know if it's a communication thing, a chemistry thing, an understanding of, where your fellow teammate is going to be on the court so you know when and where to gamble, right? You go back to those teams that two years ago that won 64 games, and Mikhail Bridges, right, and DeAndre Ayton, and the way that they could play defense is it was instinctual because Mikhail Bridges knows, hey, I can blitz this uh, pick and roll. I can take the high side because I know DA can hold this. There, 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 it takes time on the court to understand – where each other are going to be and to take some of those appropriate risks. And Kevin Durant stepped up in that game. Kevin Durant had a great night tonight defensively. Uh, Brandon Ingram is a tough guard yeah. and, the, and that, and you know, he's long, he's lengthy. He can make some shots. And at times, you know, they mentioned on the broadcast, but at times you could sit there and look at him and you go, dang, man, that guy's kind of Kevin Durant esque because of how long he is. But I really think that overall, Katie did a great job on him. Brandon Ingram ends with 17 points on five of 11 shooting. One of five from beyond the arc. He had 11 assists and seven rebounds. I mean, 17, 11, and seven. He did his, but he didn't get that 30-point game. And that's what makes this team, the New Orleans Pelicans, such a tough team, is they have seven guys who average double figures, and they're led by Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. You held one of those guys under 20 points. That's vitally important, and that goes to Kevin Durant's defense tonight. Absolutely. And Kevin Durant, you know, sort of, and he knows this, but he sort of needs to lead the way for Mm -hmm. the Phoenix Suns to continue to do that more often. Because after I saw Kevin Durant playing lockdown defense, I saw a little bit of Bradley Beal or Devin Booker, just the Suns just actually putting their hands out and swiping the ball and running the fast break and everything. It was beautiful, man. And it all starts with your superstar future hall of famer first ballot, Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Like 
that's what we need more of. And, and again, you, you were talking about that. We I feel like we keep talking about the Kings game, but for good reason, because it was a h- historical comeback. Absolutely. And it should not be forgotten how great of a game that was. But it really did start on the defensive end. And then you were talking about like guys getting to their spots and, and building chemistry and trusting each other. That's also what we saw a lot of tonight, but specifically in that Kings game during that final eight minutes and everything. Yeah, it all starts with defense, man. You know, we've had the conversation all year. Frank Vogel's supposed to be this defensive coach. How come the Suns are so bad on defense? Well, you know what? We're for at least the last couple of games, or yeah. should I say five quarters, we've been looking like a better defensive team, if you will. Just need to be consistent. That's all it is. And I like the point you make about it starting with Kevin Durant. Who the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. I know who I am. I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. You know, I was saying on our last podcast that Kevin Durant, in my eyes, easily is the best defender on this team. And he can still get his offensively, which he did tonight. 26 points, 11 of 19 shooting, just that that beautiful, efficient Kevin Durant game, uh, a, a run stopper. You know, there'd be a 7-0 run by the Pelicans, and then boom, Kevin Durant hits a tough buzzer beater to end it. Two or three times he did that tonight. He had two steals. He had two blocks. He had five rebounds. Uh, I think he's second on the team in blocks and second on the team in rebound. I mean, and then you add in the defensive aspect. When he goes out there and he displays the energy and the switchability, there was one play, uh, and I forget who it was against, but maybe it was Herb Jones or, or Trey. I think it was Herb Jones, and he was trying to go left on Durant and push him baseline. And the way that Durant you know, swiveled his hips and cut that off, it, it shut down the possession. And like you said, Geek, when you start to see that from Kevin Durant, it gets the rest of the team engaged in defense. And they're hustling and they're closing off in an effective manner. They're closing off those lanes with their lateral quickness. Because this is a team. The Suns are a finesse team. They're not a physical team. But with finesse comes athleticism. And athleticism allows for, on the defensive end, lateral quickness and the ability to get in front of guys as they're trying to make those drives because that's what the Pelicans like to do. Zion, that's how he lives. He scored 24 points, and he led their team in scoring because he is so quick and has such a great first step, and he's a fucking dump truck. You don't want to step in front of that thing, and sometimes you just got to let him go. But they were cutting off Ingram. They were cutting off Herb Jones. Uh, they were cutting off McCollum, but shit, I forgot McCollum was even playing tonight. Yeah. 13 points, one of seven from beyond the arc, five of 13 shooting. That's mm-hmm. great defense all around by the Suns. Yep. But also, too, it's like even though the Pelicans did go on a few runs here and there, it didn't. And don't get me wrong, there's probably a few possessions where the Pelicans did drive into the lane easily. You know how bothered I am by that. You and me but, both. But this game, it didn't really seem like it. You know what I mean? And you mentioned it just like like Brandon Ingram is a terrific scorer and a really good player. But tonight, like, sure, maybe he had a few shots here and there. It didn't really seem like it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Despite the numbers and and the Pelicans, like I said, they are a really good team. They have length. They have size. You know, they've, they're building chemistry because they've had a lot of those guys for a few years now. But whatever the Suns did tonight defensively, it worked. And that's what we're going to need because you, you were sort of talking about the schedule earlier, man. Like, we got this East Coast trip coming up, but mm-hmm. not to mention, I believe we have the toughest schedule we remaining do. And, and obviously some tough teams that we're going to have to beat. That's the kind of defense we're going to need to see night in and night out. Uh, completely agree. And it's going to be something where that switchability has to be present. And you know that you're going to have a lot of interesting matchups that lie ahead, right? Not every team has the archetype of the Pelicans, but it worked tonight against them. You know, we play the Pacers on mm-hmm. on Sunday, and that's a team that right now, I believe, they they tipped off probably about 49 minutes ago, is that they now have Pascal Siakam on their team. That's a team that's athletic, that wants to get out, that's going to try to out-hustle you. And the, the Phoenix Suns are what I would classify as somewhat of an older team. So they're going to have to completely change their defensive philosophies uh, around if they want to stop that and primarily focus on stopping that team in, in transition. But if you have that lateral quickness and that ability to shut people off from going to the hoop, you're right. There are certain possessions tonight where it was it could feel like a layup line. But that's any night against any team in the NBA. You're not going to play 1988 Detroit yeah. Pistons <laughs> 
defense. That's why it bothers me for a so hundred possessions. I'm an NBA historian and all that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I, yeah, I feel you like go, Russell's on every team. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you go back and you look at it. You're like, geez, why can't we just shut him down to 89 <laughs> points? Like I remember growing up. I mean, that was you know, it was 89 to 85. The, you know, the Suns beat the Bulls. You're like, what? 89 points. That was a great game. Like now look at it. It's just, it's a completely different NBA, but the way that they were playing defense uh, and the way that they were owning the paint in this one, I thought was really, really vital as well. Oh, Yusuf Nurkic tonight only had five points, but if you take a look at the plus minus, he was a plus 30 to lead the team. He had 15 rebounds. He had nine assists and he had a steal. And, What's interesting here is Jonas Valanciunas ends with 16 points. I think he had all of those in the first half. Yep. He didn't score a point in the second half. They he complete Nurkic completely shut down the interior, out rebounded him, and just did and served his role. Right, served his role. Five of fifteen. What'd you see from Nurk tonight? Two really nice outlet passes to Devin freaking Booker. But you mm-hmm. mentioned it, man. Just shutting down uh, Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, being active in the paint and everything, grabbing boards like he does. But again, the, the nine assists, I think that's the biggest thing right there. Just such an underrated passer, man. And I don't even care about the points. Nurkic could have had yeah. zero points in this game. I don't even care, dude. That's not what he's out there for. Any Nurkic points are a bonus to this point. But nine assists? Are you kidding me, Nurkic? And like I mentioned, the two outlet passes to Booker. And then didn't he, I could be wrong, but didn't he have that nice pass to Grayson when he did the reverse dunk or whatever? I'm like, are you kidding me, Nurkic? Like, that is absolutely incredible, man. He has just been such a great fit. And and, 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 uh, he tweeted out, like, I don't know if it was him or like a family member or whatever, but literally moments before we went live, he tweeted out him with the number one to Devin Booker. He's such a great teammate as well, always supporting his teammates on Twitter. I love Nurkic, man. (laughs) I I absolutely do, too. It's funny. uh, John Tran in the chat, Yusuf Workic. Yeah, he he allowed the Suns to play an inside-out kind of basketball game. That That is fun is when you can hit the interior, uh, you get a collapsing defender, and you have somebody who has the cerebral affinity to take advantage of that. Uh, so says Jay says in the chat, he says the wraparound to KD for three was sick yeah, too. I forgot about yeah, that. that was sick too because Booker you. hits him on the interior. The defense collapses, boom, he kicks it right back out. He knows where to go. Yeah, Dropping dimes, a, a, a fantastic performance by Yusuf Nurkic. And again, we use that word fit. He fits perfectly into what the Suns need to do. You have a guy in the interior who can rebound, which he did tonight, and can pass appropriately and find open guys on the team who can score because that's what this team has. Between Grayson Allen, who finally got hot in the fourth quarter, and we'll talk about momentarily, Devin Booker going for 52. The only guy who let us down tonight was Bradley Beal. I needed 14 points from him, and I would have hit like a four-legged parlay, and he had 13 fucking points. There's one play like he's going to the rim, and the shot clock's about to expire, and he, just, and he decides to like throw up an alley-oop instead of shoot. I'm like, just fucking shoot it. And then right then, they pulled everyone out of the game. I was like, thanks, Beal. So you get no drop tonight, Beal. You get no drop. You cost me $5. Lost $5 on him. <sighs> he got uh, too. So says Jay. Does have a good question, though. He says, I thought fit were closed. Voida, stop confusing me. That's correct. This is my fit. What I'm wearing right now is my fit. Just like Yukich, Yukich, Yukich fits with, <laughs> with this. Let's talk about Grayson Allen. Hi, Barbie. Oh, hi, Allen. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. Grayson Allen, through the first three quarters, had five points. He was one of eight from beyond the arc. But in that fourth quarter, he decides to come out, throw it down. Oh, I was looking at the wrong stat. I'm like, that's Eric Gordon. Uh, Grayson Allen was 0 of 2 through the first three quarters, one point. In the fourth quarter, he has 11 points. He's 4 of 6 from the field, 3 of 5 from beyond the arc, and hit three. there was three consecutive possessions where he hit three-pointers. He's the one who kind of put the nail in the coffin uh, in this game. And obviously, there's been a lot of talk right now about him potentially being a trade target. Uh, Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports said that the Suns are interested, or they're they're definitely shopping him. And when asked about it, he said that he definitely doesn't want to be traded. He loves being a part of this team. 
So what are your thoughts on Grayson Allen and should the Suns trade him? Real quick, shameless plug. Um, I've made two videos in the last like less than 48 hours about Grayson Allen, and it's plain and simple. Do not trade Grayson Allen. And just like I did in my video the other day, I'm gonna I'm gonna just repeat it one more time if that's okay. Okay, listen up, guys. Do not trade Grayson Allen, Matt Ishbia, Josh Bartlestein, James Jones. Don't do it. But Suns Geek, we could get a 3 and D wing. Suns Geek, we could get player X, Y, or Z. I do not care. Keep this man. Grayson Allen just said it yesterday. I do not want to be traded. Don't do it. He is playing fantastic. And yes, he did start off the game one for eight. That's okay. Like, he's been on fire lately. He's been cooking, hitting every single three for the most part. He can have an off night. But the way that he bounced back in this game is just another threat. Remember when I said any points that Nurkic gets us as a bonus? Grayson is like a bonus with the cherry on top. You know what I mean? He has been absolutely incredible. And I keep mentioning, like, I sound like a broken record in my videos, but I really mean this. Grayson Allen's professionalism, is that even a word? He's been a, he's been a professional. Is on and off the court, especially off the court. I'm loving everything I'm hearing from him, seeing from him. I don't even care, man. He's a future NBA all-star. I, I love this guy, man. I completely agree. So, obviously, I've written a couple pieces on uh, Bright Side of the Sun talking about how Grayson Allen is the only viable asset that the Phoenix Suns have that's actually desirable by opposing uh, teams, teams, right? Nasir Little has a contract that's definitely tradable. It's $6.4 million. But he carries no value to that six point four million. So unless they're, you're you're facing a team that's purely looking for a salary dump, uh, it's not going to happen. And even in that case, you're not going to be able to. Again, that's a, a place where he doesn't have a lot of. Uh, and speaking of Nasir Little, he doesn't have a lot of value because with his six point two five contract, he signed for the next four years. He's on the first year of a $28 million contract over four years. So if you're trying to trade this year little, that, the team's like, nobody wants that. Somebody does want potentially a Grayson Allen. There's, there, there's two kind of, of teams that would like a Grayson Allen. One is a salary dump situation. Listen, you take our player who's also making $8.5 but he's making $8.5 this year, $9.4 next year, $12.4 the next year, and we want to get rid of that. So we'll take Grayson Allen because it expires next year. So those are the low-tier teams that are looking to, to dump somebody's salary over an extended period of time. The other type of team that would like Grayson Allen is any team that's contending because of the way that he shoots, because of the production that he's having, because he's having a career-best season here in Phoenix. Preach. So these Preach. are the whys. These are whys. Mm -hmm. This is why if the Suns are rumored to be to be seeking a 3-and-D wing, this is that's why. But I think as Suns fans as a lot of the jamsters and the geek squad are saying in the chat, as we're talking here live is don't do it. Yep. James Jones, don't do it. And here's the why, because he fits this system fucking perfectly. What did we talk about all last year, right? We get Kevin Durant, we deplete our wing depth and we're like, God, if we could just have a guy who could hit threes around these, around Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, if we had, if that fifth guy could hit a three every now and then, this team would be fucking unstoppable. And you got Josh Okoge just fucking bricking them, right? So this season, you come into it, and Grayson Allen, same thing. He is the fourth guy. You have Nurkic down, below, down low who can rebound and can pass, and you got the big three on top. You need that fifth guy to be somebody who shoots the three ball effectively. Grayson Allen isn't just shooting the three ball effectively. He's leading the fucking league in three-point shooting. Yep. He's amazing. exactly, exactly what you need. You have three and D guys on the bench. They're just not performing. Kata Bates-Diot, not performing. Nasir Little, not performing. Josh Kogi, not performing. So, Yuta Watanabe, fucking ghosted. That guy left the chat a long time ago. But we're 41 games in the season. Is this 41? Is this yeah, uh, yeah, because I yeah, 41. Because oh, wasn't the Kings game the 40th? Yeah, this is yeah. we're halfway through the season. Huh. Would you look at that? Crazy man, basketball season flies by. It's nuts. It, it goes slow, but it goes so fast. Yeah, but you still, but you here's the thing is you still have those guys, and if you want to give them opportunities and try to get them involved and, and see if they have some viability, you can, but you do not get rid of Grayson Allen. 
Zip zero. You do not do it. Period. He's just he's exactly what you need to complement this team. He enjoys being here. He's professional the way that he asks. He acts. I love having him on this team. Yeah. It's it's a win 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 win. So I, sons, you got less than a month. Don't fuck it up. And I know I'm kissing Grace and Allen's. Let me try that again. I know I'm kissing Grace and Allen's ass tonight, but I first off, he deserves it. <laughs> but secondly, too, like Kevin Durant was recently saying great things about him. Devin Booker was recently talking about how great he has been. And I'm sure if you and I had media passes, which I think you do, we, we could go in there and talk to the players all about Grace and Allen and do a whole podcast. Oh, yeah. The Grace and Allen podcast. But my point being, is he deserves all this praise. He deserves his flowers. And look, even though he's planning a uh, possible trip with his wife, you know, during all-star break, he should be at all-star weekend. He yes, should he win should. the three-point competition if he gets invited, which if they snub him for some reason, then I'm going to be in Adam Silver's office. Rioting, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it would also, be very Suns-esque, right? Like yeah. Cameron Johnson didn't go two years ago. Damian Lee didn't go last year. It would Nuts. just make sense to, for him not to go this year. Exactly. I, I was just going to say, too, I wrote down just a couple quick notes on Grace now because we all know he's been the best or if not the best, one of the best three point shooters all year. Mm -hmm. But uh, is building a little bit of chemistry with Yusuf Nurkic. There was a couple of times he would drive in strong to the lane, dish it off to Nurkic. I saw that twice tonight. I was like, oh, got to write that down. You know, he uses that strong build that he has, and he's sort of an underrated finisher at times as, mm -hmm. as well. And it's just Grayson Allen's awesome, man. I'm starting a Grayson Allen podcast starting tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> talking Isn't all it? Allen. <laughs> well, and it's crazy because you take a look at who he was before, the reputation he carried with him as a dirty player, uh, and he, we haven't <laughs> seen any aspect of that in his time in Phoenix. He's been nothing but productive. Like you said, he's been nothing but professional. And the, and the layers of his game, yeah, they're complex. Like he can hit threes all day long, but he does have a willingness to drive and effectiveness when he drives. Because you, you you fast forward or sorry you rewind back to to last year, Damian Lee was that guy for the Suns. He could hit threes, but when he would drive, he was not effective in any way, shape, or form from a scoring standpoint or a passing standpoint. And Grayson Allen is he's great in fast break. He's sneaky, athletic, and it will be nice once Damian Lee comes back because that is another three point shooter who can come off the bench i think Suns fans are forgetting about him too. big time big time so uh real quick i got to give a shout out to biscuits and the bear for those of you who watch the sun's jam session podcast with regularity you know that whatever the winning margin is for the phoenix suns biscuits and the bear one of our elite jamsters donates that amount biscuits and the bear tonight said let's flip the script tonight booker goes boom the team <laughs> is looking like it fi it's finally figuring things out on a consistent basis Fingers biscuits crossed. and the bear Donates fifty-two dollars to the to the Suns Jam session. I tip my hat and I thank you, Biscuits and the Bear. You've been a loyal supporter this entire season uh, and show up every time. And, and everybody who's watching along live, we appreciate you again for doing so. Uh, it really means a lot. The best way to support the channel is by showing up and showing out. You guys are absolutely doing that. Um, so I, I really, really appreciate that. So. Uh, what else do you got in your notes before I go to the subreddit stakeout? Like I said, my notes are all over the place, and we pretty much have covered it all, but just defense and pace for the entire Phoenix Suns mm -hmm. team. They were running and gunning, which we need to see more of that. I well, already talked about. Let's talk about that for a little yeah, bit, yeah. right? So pace is something that you, you go back, and, and again, defense leads to pace, I feel. You know, it's it's something where if you're a poor defensive team and you're allowing the opposition to score at will, then you're always going to be in your half court. The Suns are 25th in the league relative to pace this year. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, as you mentioned, you know, the way that they're playing, they're starting to pick up that pace a little bit because of the defensive stops, right? Yep. Love yeah. It. And that's another thing too was, and when I say like pace has been a conversation all year, but like the way I looked at it was they were just running the fast break. Like that's what we need more of, but also too, like going back to the defense and, and the pace and everything, I believe at one point in this game, the Pelicans were one for 13. I'm not even joking. Like that sounds like a yeah. 2K stat right there. They were one for 13. And at the time the Suns had three turnovers and only six steals, by the way, the Suns, I mean, the Pelicans finished with 11 turnovers. Suns had 10, but still that is that's what we also need to see because we know the Suns have been a turnover machine all year. Like, if we can keep it under 10, man, I will love that. And, and again, you know, we said it earlier in the show that the defensive pace, the fast break pace kind of all starts with KD, man. 
Like tonight, I, I hope the Suns do watch film and watch that final eight minutes of the Kings game and watch this entire game and just be like, we need to execute like that from the jump. I've said it so many times on my show and on your show, just give me 40 out of the 48 minutes, man. Yeah. Just take over for 48 minutes, man. Like, you know, like we saw tonight, like the Pelicans are going to go on runs. Teams are going to go on runs. This is basketball, man. It's basketball in 2024. Teams are going to score. But, man, just give me at least a competitive defensive team at least for 40 minutes, man. I completely agree, and that's been a challenge that they've had a lot this season. Uh, But they're starting to rise in the defensive rating standings, right? This is a team that was 20th in the league in defensive rating. They're 16th now, Uh, and I'd be interested to see going into tomorrow how much that stat changes after all the, you know, it, it could jump as high as 15th. Because of the way that they, me too, they need it. They need it. This is a team that, you know, it's what we talked about so much this past off season, right? You took a look at the construction of this team and you go, we're going to have the scoring. Uh, We we have some guys who can hustle. We have some hungry bench players with a defensively minded coach. This should work out for us. Uh, And it hasn't at times, but this is the fourth consecutive uh, win in a row. Right, the team is now twenty three and eighteen. They're starting to figure some things out in a in a really compressed middle of the standings uh, in the NBA. So this win, you know, obviously, did the uh, Sacramento play tonight? Uh, I was looking at that earlier. Yeah, I don't think they did. But looking at the standings, you know, up to date, the Suns are still in eighth, but they're tied with the Kings now. Yeah. And they're both a half game behind the Mavericks, who are in sixth, and the Pelicans, who they just beat, who are in fifth. And that's kind of the line of demarcation, right? Yeah, that's the line of demarcation. You look at the top four teams in the NBA, and I'm I'm sure you know what I might as well just look at the standings right now. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah, Uh, this is not something I do often on the old Mm -hmm. podcast, but it's getting to that that time because you kind of mentioned it. Like we're 41 games into the season, man, and this season has flown by. And it's it's it is time to check the standing. I'm glad you pulled this up because I I have a couple thoughts, especially about the Western Conference. But go ahead. Well, here you go. Here's the Western Conference live uh, up to date. I know that there are some games going on right now, but the Minnesota Timberwolves are shockingly 30 and 11. Two <laughs> games behind them are both the Nuggets and the Thunder. Uh, that was a great game. For those of you who didn't see, the Nuggets did beat the Celtics to can them their first home loss this evening. And then you have the Clippers, who are three and a half games out of first at 26 and 14. Ooh. Okay, so the Suns are four games behind the Clippers in the loss column and three games behind them in the win column, right? So that's why they're we're three and a half games or four and a half games behind them. But then you see that the Pelicans, who obviously the Suns uh, down tonight in, in pretty impressive fashion, are six games out of first. So you kind of have the it's like it's tiers, right? The top tiers, the Timberwolves, the Thunder, the Nuggets and the Clippers. And then you got that middle tier. And that middle tier is the Pelicans, yep. the Mavericks, the Kings, the Suns. And you could sneak the Jazz in there if you want. Yeah. Uh, they, they have been playing, been playing unbelievable better. basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of the third tier, in my opinion. It starts with the Jazz, the Lakers, the Rockets, and the Warriors. Yep. You know, so that, those are three tiers of four teams. Yep. You know, thoughts on the standings. You you pretty much said it, but in your own words, it's like and look, obviously the Lakers have been pretty terrible. You know, they've been struggling and, and the Rockets started off pretty damn good and they've been struggling as of late. But that's the scary thing about this Western Conference, specifically the third tier, as you called it, mm-hmm. is like a lot of these teams really aren't that far off. Like even the Warriors, with all their struggle and adversity that they've had this year, they could somehow sneak into the playoffs. You know what I mean? The Jazz oh, yeah. have been playing better. Like I thought the Jazz season was done pretty much. All of a sudden, what? They've won like eight out of their last 10 or something like yeah. that. And, and, you know, like the Kings were pretty damn good, but they've been struggling as of late. It's like, it is scary, man. That's why the Suns need to win as many games as possible. Not because I'm scared like that they'll miss the playoffs, but seeding because the Western Conference is so loaded. Like if Jaw didn't get hurt, maybe the Grizzlies could have snuck in there. You know, that's how crazy the Western Conference is, man. And as we've seen, Teams are going to go on runs and then they're going to kind of drop back to reality. So it's like we're eventually going to know who's legit, like who's the pretenders, contenders and all that. But we got to win as many games as possible, man, because it's a loaded Western Conference. It it really is. And you really want to avoid the play in. And that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. 
avoid that fucking plan is at, at all costs. You know, you, uh, is a top four seed attainable? I believe it is with the Suns, but I mean, they're going to have to continue to really play some quality basketball. Yeah. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, you know, I probably can pull it up here. Let's see if it lets me. Oh, I think cool. you said it perfect with like the top tier. Is that first first four teams and yeah. then everyone else, you know, at and least so, in the Western Conference. And so if you look up remaining strength of schedule for Ooh. for the NBA, zoom in here, you can see the Suns, you know, they, their remaining schedule, the opposing teams have a 53.3 winning percentage. Oh my Portland God. is number two, uh, San Antonio number three. And you look, we still play the Celtics twice. We still play uh, the Timberwolves twice, the Bucks twice, OKC twice, Denver twice. I'm scared. I'm going to need beers I mean, for those, those I'm, games. I'm man. telling you, like it's a it's a tough <laughs> road that lies ahead. Boston has like the second easiest, and they're the best team in the NBA right now. So yep. they've gone through their toughest spat of scheduling, and they're still uh, playing the way they are. So Phoenix definitely has a long way to go. Uh, but these are the kind of wins that you can build upon. Yeah. Now that now one thing that I do for those of you who are on Suns Geeks channel and you don't watch the Suns Jam session uh, with regularity, you really one thing, should. <laughs> one thing that we do, we go live after every game, just like this, uh, is we have what's called the subreddit stakeout, where I hang out on the opposing fan bases subreddit to to see what they're saying about Phoenix. Uh, but I have to go in disguise. I can't go dress as myself, dress in the Suns gear stuff, even virtually, because they might know it's me. So I wear a disguise. This is the subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So there I was in the Big Easy, dressed as Batman. Where is she? I was asking. They didn't know who she was. But this is what opposing teams or the opposing fans of the New Orleans Pelicans were saying about the game tonight <clears throat> sun's big three plus grayson allen and lemonhead is some serious firepower we need to click tonight to get the dub as always fuck eric gordon so they call eric gordon lemonhead uh which is Pretty funny, actually. He does kind of have a little bit of a lemon head. Do you notice how they were booing him every time he touched the ball? Like, why why, why so much animosity for Eric Gordon? He gave them some good years. I don't know. I just I, – I know that we all don't really like Jay Crowder now, but that kind of reminds me when those two fans were wearing the F.J. Crowder shirts or whatever. Okay. I'm just like, come on, Pelicans fans, be better. I know. They, they really like the <laughs> F word down there. Yeah. J Jam asks in the chat, how many beads did you get? I got beads, but they were anal beads. <laughs> um, hell yeah, CJ. Fuck you, Eric Gordon. A lot of fuck you, Eric Gordons uh, in the subreddit for the Pelicans, and I was really, really interesting. Uh, is there a more punchable face in the league than Devin Booker? Makes it worse that he's a damn good player, too. So one thing that's interesting is I visit opposing fan bases subreddits throughout the season is everybody obviously hates Devin Booker and they, they hate his face. And they talked about it in this one, how it's punchable, uh, which I disagree. I think that we all know that Dylan Brooks is like the most punchable face in the NBA, but this is the first time that somebody like said it was a punchable face, but then was like, and you know what makes it worse is he's damn good too. Like normally the opposing fan base also says he's trash. So I thought that was kind of, funny. at least they're giving him credit. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's different. And I guess you have to give him credit. He scored 52. Uh, fuck everybody in here talking shit about Dyson. There isn't one player in the NBA who could fucking stop Devin Booker when he's on a tear. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> they were like, anybody who was guarding Booker was uh, uh, just pissed off at whoever the defender was. Somebody else said, I'm no Booker fan, but he's damn good. He's soft as fuck. Not sure how anyone could actually root for him. Luca murdered his image forever. Pels fans, Booker's killing us. We need to double him. Also, Pels fans, doubling Booker left EG wide open. What are you doing? <laughs> fair. Very fair. Grayson is the biggest piece of shit in the NBA, not <laughs> named Draymond. 
they would hate this podcast if they if they heard it. <laughs> I know. That'd be, that'd be great. They're, hey, that was my comment. How the fuck you giving up 52 to a guy through three? Some bum shit. He scored 52 points through three quarters. He didn't even score it in the fourth quarter, did he? Booker tried in the fourth uh, quarter. Let's see. Booker, fourth quarter. Three of two. Oh, oh of two. Oh of two from the field. Really? He played four minutes, 52 seconds. He oh, oh my two. God. He had 52 through through three quarters. Whew. Would have been 55 if they gave him that three. I know. <laughs> oh, that would have been, I love double nickel. Just looks good. <laughs> if Grayson Allen is ripping the ball out of your starting center's hands for a rebound, it ain't your night. And the last comment from the subreddit stakeout in the New Orleans Pelicans. Booker owns us. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Yes, it's like so says Jay says. Devin, Booker's face is beautiful. It's not punchable. Why would you want to punch a piece of art? Uh, yeah, and Lazy Sasquatch asked the question as well. Like, why do they hate Eric Gordon? I don't get it. Like, I don't remember, to be honest. But I think they were talking about it on the broadcast, but I don't know, man. Well, I mean, overall, Eric Gordon, he's in, what, his 16th year in the NBA? Mm-hmm. He played five seasons with them. Yeah. Maybe he, like, let's see. Last time he played there was 2015-16. He didn't get traded. Maybe he left in free agency. Yeah, I don't know. I don't you know. Like boo but, Chris Paul as well. I'm like, yeah. I, I, I mean, will like, say, even though I'm kind of trashing the Pelicans fans, they they were loud tonight. I will give them credit for that. Keith in the chat. Hey, John and Batman have beards. Hmm. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen John and Batman in the same room? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I see him all the time. Uh, he's over there in the subreddit stakeout, <laughs> hanging out the whole time. Uh, let's hand out a little hardware. <laughs> Jam star of the game. I don't know why I'm going to ask you this, Suns Geek, but seeing as you're a guest on the Suns Jam session side and the way that we do our thing here, I'm going to I'm going to allow you the opportunity to, to go first. Uh, is there who, who could possibly be your Jam star? I don't know, man. Tonight was a terrible night. I mean, Nurkic played bad. Kevin Durant played bad. Grace Allen played bad. Devin Booker had a horrendous game. I just, who do you give it to? I, oh. I, give, I give it to you for inviting me on here and just <laughs> allowing me to do this. But no, for real, it's it's Devin freaking Booker, man. But you know me. I like to do the honorable mentions, and I pretty much named all of them. Yep. Kevin Durant, Yusuf Nurkic, Grace and Allen, but it's Devin, Armani, Booker, and he is an NBA all-star and the Suns jam star of the game. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I think that it's uh, – he started to stack some really good games together as well. He really is. Uh, Kevin Durant's allowing Booker the, the space to cook and then picking up where he left off. It's a great one-two combo. Bradley Beal, he's going to throw some of those 30-point games at us here and there or 25-point games and – I mean that's when when Bill's your third best score. It's just this this team is ridiculous. Mm. But it, but it comes down to defense, and uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm not excited. I'm interested to once we wrap up here to go and sit on my couch with a heating pad on my back for my sciatic nerve, and watch the Sports Center highlights. And they'll talk about Denver and Boston for yep. fucking twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, Devin Booker at fifty two, and uh, moving on. on, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of uh, that's, that's OK, of, though, because it allows us to, you know, do content about Devin Booker and give, you know, fan analysis and great analysis. And, you know, that's why you come here, not Sports Center. Exactly. And Aussie Suns fans in the podcast says, hey. come join the Aussie Suns fan podcast with the Suns jam finishes. Come hang out with us. I don't know. You guys are doing a show tonight. Normally, right. I spend my Saturday night is <laughs> ignore, ignore my family and and listening and watching you guys. So, uh, if you're going live right after us, hell yeah, crank it up some. It's better than Sports Center tonight. So, for real. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? The next game is against the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Is there any thoughts you have on the Pacers now, knowing that they have uh, Pascal Siakam and Tyrese Halliburton return tonight as well? Yeah, I'm actually glad you asked that. I, I slightly touched on it on, on a recent video because obviously people don't tune in to us to listen to Pascal Siakam and, and all that. But like, 
you and you sort of mentioned it earlier with the Pacers team how they're gonna be they're they're obviously young and they're gonna be fast and everything. What I like about that trade is they didn't really give up that many young assets. Like they I still know. have a bright young core. And I'm not just talking about Tyrese Halbert, you know what I mean? That was the surprise to me. Like, yeah, they gave up the draft picks, but like they don't need them. They pretty much have draft picks already and they're on the court producing they're still young they're building chemistry they got a really good coach and rick carlisle although Mm -hmm. i butcher his name every time and they're just doing some great things out there but on on all fairness though i'm just glad that the toronto raptors finally did something and it was the writing on the wall with the ogn and for years they've had that writing on the wall i was like thank you i was like you finally are embracing either a really strong retool or a full-on rebuild and it all started with that OG Ananobi trade because it was like, are you just going to go another year with being like a play-in team at best? Like, even if they would have overachieved, they wouldn't have won the championship and everything. It's like, I'm glad they actually did something just like with the Washington Wizards, man. Like, you probably should have made the Bradley Beal trade a few years ago and you didn't do it. But, hey, that's why he's on the Phoenix Suns. Now, they're in a full-on rebuild. I feel like the uh, Raptors are in a strong retool right now. We'll have yep. to see what the trade deadline brings. Now it's all up to the Chicago Bulls to finally admit, to, to admit their fate and realize their fate and just trade pretty much everybody except for Kobe White. Yeah, I was watching <laughs> the Bull, the Bulls play Toronto last night. And you got to see kind of some Toronto. of like like t- Toronto got some decent pieces back. Like yeah. RJ Barrett's not trash. Yeah. He had a decent game. Scotty Barnes is amazing. Like I love <laughs> Scotty Barnes. That guy is he's good. Mm-hmm. Uh and the but one of the interesting things that they said about the Bulls, and this is worth repeating because the Suns play the Bulls on Monday here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It's a back to back on Sunday night. They play the Pacers uh, and then they play the Bulls the next night. They haven't made a big splash trade since like 2021. Exactly. That's crazy. Like they've really been right in and Toronto before them was kind of in the same boat if you will like fred van vliet left in free agency they never traded fred van vliet to garner any value back for him they just let him walk and he's down there in houston now they finally trade og ananobi who's playing well with the knicks they trade pascal siakam uh live score updated is halftime they are playing the portland trailblazers and deandre is playing and Mm. the pacers are down nine at halftime 64 to 53 uh, Jeremy Grant's got 20 points. DeAndre Ayton's got 10 and 6. Pascal Siakam has got 12 points on 5 of 7 shooting. Tyrese nice. Halliburton, his first game back since uh, early January mm-hmm. with a tweaked hamstring. You know, he's got 4 points and, or, and 6 assists. So uh, that's, that's a game that – that's a good league pass game right there. Yeah. Uh, but again, yeah, it's interesting to see some of those teams finally blow it up. Do you think the Bulls blow it up though? I don't. It, it, did you watch that game last night with the the Bulls and the Raptors? I did not. Uh, Levine tweaked his ankle. He yeah. came back, didn't play, and he's out like two weeks now. Like Levine, whenever I don't know if you notice this, but like every time the trade deadline comes around, Levine gets hurt. So you can't <laughs> that's why they haven't been able to blow it up. They're like, all right, we're gonna trade Zach Levine. He's like, oh my ankle, I'm out for like you, I can't pass a physical. I just feel like I, I I don't remember the gentleman's name, but their GM or whoever. I feel like he's going to be a little stubborn because he was pretty stubborn this offseason. He pretty much said we're yeah. gonna run it back. And for no reason. Them. Yeah, exactly. Like they did it, they did get former Phoenix Suns, Tory Craig and Javon Carter, which were really good moves, but clearly it hasn't really done much. They've had a few decent streaks of wins here and there, but they're not that good of a team. I don't even know if they'll even make the playoffs, if you will. So it's like if they don't necessarily, quote, blow it up, I hope they at least make some kind of a big move. And I'm not just saying that just because, oh, it's fun, the trade deadline, like Shams bombs, Woj bombs. Like, no, like they legit need to make a move. If I were if I were running their team, I would blow it up. They're just not that good. Clearly, this whole, you know, DeRozan, Levine, uh, uh, what's their center's name? I'm totally forgetting his name. Uh, Vucevic. Uh, yeah, Vucevic. Thank you. Uh, clearly that didn't work and yeah, they, they need to do something. So Kobe White's been play, playing great for them. I'm sure they got a couple other young studs, but they're not going anywhere. So blow it up bulls. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, the only remnant that we would like to see in Phoenix is Alex Caruso. But again, yeah. we don't have the assets to give them for yeah. him. If you were going to do anything, you could do a one for one for Grayson Allen. And like I said earlier nope. in the podcast, you don't do it. Yep. You just don't do it. So on that note, Jamsters and Geek Squad, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you again for joining us 
for the Suns Jam Session and Suns Geek Post Game Podcast. Suns Geek, tell everyone where they can follow you. Yeah, check out Suns Geek on YouTube, constantly uploading videos and YouTube shorts. I've been slacking on the live shows a little bit, but it's just because I'm working super hard for you guys. But just, you know, look look up on Twitter, Instagram. You guys will find me. I might hop back up on threads. I, I sort of went MIA there for a while, and I think I'm going to hop back on there. So we'll see. And if you're new to the Suns Jam Session podcast, again, my name is John Voida. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida, managing editor, brightsideofthesun.com. Be sure to stop by there for the best fan content on the internet. Follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the places, threads, even though we don't do that either. Uh, And until Sunday night, go home. Love your family. (laughs) 